Amen. Anybody out there find that true? Anybody? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. It is good to be in God's house with God's people. It is good. I want to I want to start by telling you what to expect next Sunday. This maybe you can say this is a commercial a little bit, but you know there's a whole lot happening in our world today. Matter of fact, they say there's winds of change blowing across our world and our country. There are things happening that are tearing at the at the, the core of of our life as we know it. And so what, what should people like you and me in the body of Christ do about that? So next Sunday we're going to talk a little bit about how to respond to the winds of change that are sweeping our, our world these days. And then the next Sunday, I mentioned this last week, the next Sunday, um, August 1st, we're going to talk about what it means for you to be a part of this church. What does that mean in practical ways? I look forward to both those services. I hope I'm not alone when I'm standing up here. Good to, it'll be good to have you with us. I don't have to tell you that we are in the middle of the dog days of summer. I mean, after all, it's July. Every night, at least most nights, you can smell the smell of fireworks in the air. You go through neighborhoods with your windows open. Did anybody do that anymore? <clears throat> You go through neighborhoods with your windows open. You can smell the barbecue in backyards all across Fort Wayne. Did I mention vacations? It is the middle of vacation season. As a matter of fact, some of our folks here at Grace Point are on vacation today. It's just what happens this time of year. And those vacations, at least for me, they often come just at the right time. You know, we need to take a break now and then. We need to adjust our routine once in a while for sanity's sake, if nothing else. Vacations. As I've been thinking about my vacation, it's still lingering back there. It's fading, but it's still lingering back there a little bit. And I have people come up to me on Sunday and say, say, I won't be there next Sunday, Pastor, on vacation. Vacations have been in my mind, and I ask myself this question. Does God ever take one? Anybody? What do you think? Does God ever take a vacation? What do you say, Bruce? No. Okay. Well, you would think he would need to. I mean, he works hard. He has a lot of responsibility. He he probably has the most stressful job in the universe. Think about it. I would think that God would need a vacation. But the Bible tells us this. That God never sleeps or slumbers, let alone take a vacation. Psalm chapter 121, verses 3 and 4 says this. God will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. God says in Jeremiah, call on me and I will answer you. And there are no verses around that one verse that says, call on me and I will answer you. There's no verses that says a time that you can't get through, that God is off the clock. In other words, when God says, call on me and I will answer you, he means 24-7, 365 or 66, depending on the year. See, you are correct, Bruce. Absolutely, God does not take. A vacation. 
But we do, don't we, sometimes? There are times, it seems to me, along the journey of life, as we follow Christ, that we sometimes, some of us, take a step back. Let our guard down. Stop our focus, at least as much focus as we might have other times of the year. Summer tends to be one of those times when some people just take a little time off from their responsibility or relationship from God. How do I know that? Well, there aren't as many people around in the church in the summer. Much of that is good. Much of that is good. We need to get away. But it seems like people are more relaxed about about coming and being engaged in the summertime. Also, another thing that, that, that has always been curious to me is why giving goes down in the summertime. Anybody can help me with that. I'd be thrilled to hear from you. Because do you know who faithfully gives to God's church? God's faithful people. God's faithful people. Yet, in the summertime... Some of God's faithful people that the rest of the years, the rest of the year, they're faithful. Some of them decide, I'm just taking a break from God this summer. You see, I have never understood that logic or any logic about people stepping back in any way, shape, or form for a period of time from their love, responsibility, and commitment to God Almighty. You see what happens, the deal is with this with this following Christ business, the deal is we don't adjust our kingdom practices to fit our lifestyles. Let me say that again. We don't adjust our kingdom practices in any way, shape, or form to adjust to our chosen lifestyle. No, what we do is we adjust our lifestyles every day to match the kingdom practices that God gives us, that match the kingdom principles. In other words... God never takes a vacation, and we shouldn't either. In other words, God's people, kingdom people, live day by day according to his principles. Principles that you and I signed up for when we accepted Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. Principles that must be consistently followed every day in order to be a person that pleases the Almighty God and is connected to Him. Does God take a vacation? Of course not. And we shouldn't either. I don't know. Perhaps some of us have been slacking off a bit. I I don't know if if that shoe fits. But I've been asking myself that question. Since I've gotten back from vacation, I've been asking myself, Lord, am I all that you want me to be now? Am I, am I being faithful to you in the way that you define what faithfulness means for Chuck Sundberg? Am I being faithful to you? And as I have been asking God and myself those questions, something interesting has happened to me. As I've been asking myself, am I really connected to God these days in the middle of summer like he wants me to be? What has happened to me is I have been developing this deep down urge to praise him, 
Because you see, when I have asked him, God, have I been slacking off a little bit? It has caused me to again consider who he is and what he's done for me. And, and my, my reaction is, he is worthy of my praise. No matter where I am in life, no matter what I'm doing to connect myself to Him, He is God after all. And He's worthy of my praise. So this morning, you'll have to forgive me. Excuse me, rather. But I just have this feeling that I need to praise the Lord. Will you join me in that? We're going to let David, the psalmist, lead us in this just a few minutes of praising God in Psalm 103. Turn with me to Psalm 103. I'm going to read the whole psalm. There's about 20, 20 verses, whatever it is, 22 verses. Bear with me as I read this song of praise because you see, after all, He is worthy of all our praise. Can we take time for that this morning, brothers and sisters? David says in Psalm 103, Praise the Lord, O my soul. All my inmost being praise His holy name. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits. He forgives all my sins and heals all my diseases. He redeems my life from the pit and crowns me with love and compassion. He satisfies my desires with good things so that my mouth is renewed like the eagles. My youth, I'm sorry, is renewed like the eagles. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. He made known His ways to Moses, His deeds to the people of Israel. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will He harbor His anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is His love for those who fear Him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has He removed our transgressions from us. Should we stop here and say, praise the Lord? Let everyone that have breath Praise the Lord. As far as the east is from the west, verse 12 says, so far has He removed our transgressions from us. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear Him. For He knows how we are formed. He remembers that we are dust. As for man, his days are like grass. He flourishes like a flower in the field. The wind blows over it and it is gone. And its place remembers it no more. But from everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love with the Lord's love is with those who fear Him and His righteousness with their children's children, with those who keep His covenant and remember, his, remember to obey His precepts. The Lord has established His throne in heaven and His kingdom rules over all. Praise the Lord, you His angels, you mighty ones who do His biddings, who obey His word. Praise the Lord, all His heavenly hosts, with His servants who do His will. Praise the Lord, all His works, everyone in His dominion. Praise the Lord, O oh my soul. Will you say that with me? Praise the Lord, O oh my soul. This morning... We join David in praising the Lord. First of all, we praise Him for all His benefits. 
Have you ever thought about all the things God has available for people like you and me? For people that walk with Him. All His benefits are laid out before you and me to participate in, to enjoy, to, to walk with the, the, the benefits of God. David said, praise God for all His benefits. No matter who you are this morning, no matter where you are in life, God has given you, God has provided for you everything you need for life and godliness. Let me say that again because I'm not sure that everyone believes this. Wherever you are today, whoever you are, no matter what you're facing, God has provided for you everything you need at this time in your life. Will you grasp it? Will you hold on to it? Will you receive it? Will you accept it? God has benefits with your name written on them that will give you abundant life here and now and eternal life in the life to come. Settle down, Pastor Chuck. I'm sorry, I'm revved up. I feel like praising God this morning. I just came to praise the Lord. I don't know about you. I just came to praise the Lord. I just came to praise His holy name. I just came to praise the Lord. Let me ask you a question this morning. What do you need, brother? What do you need, sister? Way down deep here. What do you need? What does your family need? God has it. God has what you need this morning. What are you lacking? God has it. Do you believe that? Some people will say amen. Others won't say anything because they're not sure. But we are praising God this morning for all His benefits. Father, after all You have done for me, after all You have provided for me, how can I slack off in any way, shape, or form? Praise the Lord, O my soul. Will you say that with me? Praise the Lord, O my soul. This morning we join David in praising God for the forgiveness of sins. Verse 3. Verse 3 says, He forgives all my sins. This is one of his benefits. The many benefits that God has laid out before people like you and me. God's whole purpose is to reconcile his people back to him. You see, back in the early days, back when our first parents were walking around the face of the earth, they chose, in representing us, they chose sin. And their choice to sin broke, severed, destroyed their relationship and ours with a holy God. And immediately, there was, there was it, first of all, there was this close intimate relationship with God in which He would come down and walk and talk with them in the cool of the day. And immediately as they sinned, woof, there was this large chasm between a holy God and now sinful people. And from that moment on, God has been reconciling, working to reconcile us back to Him. In the fullness of time, God sent His Son, and Jesus died on the cross. And in essence, God laid that cross over the chasm so that we, in accepting Jesus Christ, are you with me, brothers and sisters? So that we, as accepting Jesus Christ, could walk across on the cross of Jesus Christ and again become the holy people that God originally intended us to be. This morning, we praise God for the fact that He forgives us of our sins. Verse 4 says, He redeems my life from the pit. 
You see, there is a transformation that comes only from the grace of God through His Son, Jesus Christ, that is available for all of you to transform you into the likeness of His Son. And it is, it is there for the taking. It is there for the living. It is there for the experiencing. We praise God this morning that Jesus Christ has come and has forgiven us of our sins. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. It's who God is, saving people like you and me. Second Peter 3.9 says, The Lord is not slow in keeping His promise, as some understand slowness. He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. This morning, we join David in praising God for the fact that He forgives us of our sins. Praise the Lord, O my soul. Will you say that with me? Praise the Lord, O my soul. This morning, we want to take time to praise God for His healing spirit, for His healing touch. Verse 3 again, it says, Praise the Lord, O my soul, and He heals all my diseases. You see, we believe that God heals people. The ultimate healing available to all followers of Jesus Christ will come when we, when we go to be with Jesus and receive a glorified body. But we also believe Jesus and God heals people right here and now. We, in many different ways. After all, His name is Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals. He heals us from our, from our, our infirmities. I don't understand it. I've seen it. I've experienced it personally. Let's do something this morning. It can take a little effort on your part. If you have ever in your life been touched by the healing hand of God and He has healed you, would you stand for a moment? Now, you're not kidding us, are you? Now, look at this. Look at this. God is a healer, somebody say amen. You may be seated. We are taking time to praise God from the depths of our souls for the fact that He is a healer. God can and does heal today. Father, after all You've done for us, and in many cases You've healed us, after all of that, we praise You. How can we slack off in any way at any time when You have done so much for us? Praise the Lord, O oh my soul. Will you say that with me? Praise the Lord, O oh my soul. Gretchen. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let me give you, let me give you one of these. Woo! God is a healer. God is a healer. I don't know how it works. I don't know why it works. It seems to work in some, not others. But I know this. God is a healer.
And we know by seeing you, Gretchen, that you survived the trip. God bless you. You're going to have to forgive me this morning or excuse me. I just feel in the middle of this summer, these hot days of summer, down deep in my soul, I want to just praise God for all he's done. Why wait till the fall to do that? We joined David this morning in praising God for his compassion. Think about that. Verse 4 says, he crowns me with compassion. Verse 8 says, the Lord is compassionate and gracious to his people. Verse 13 says, as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him or who reverence him or who do or who give him his due or who don't slack off in the summer months or at any other time or any other way. Our God is the only God, brothers and sisters, that has compassion on his creatures, on his children, on his followers. The only God that, that comes down and gives you what you need in a compassionate way. God, our God, comes to where we are. Think about that. I mean, who are you? Who am I? Just one of, just a few of, of, of billions? Yet God, this God who we praise today, comes all the way down to you. Offers you what you need. Are you ready to accept it, brothers and sisters? Offers you what you need. And He will pursue you to your dying day. That's how compassionate he is to people like you and me his compassion never fails praise the lord oh my soul will you say that with me praise the lord oh my soul this morning we join david in praising god for his love the bible says god is love it's his essence it, it's what oozes out of him you slice god any way you do it's love God is love. Verse 4 in Psalm 103 says, He crowns me with love. Verse 8 says, He is abounding in love. Verse 11 says, For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is His love for those who fear Him or who reverence Him. Do you have any idea at all how high the heavens are from the earth? Anybody? It's unlimited. Just like God's love. It's unlimited. John chapter 3, 1 John chapter 3 verse 1 tells us that God is not only love, but He lavishes that love on you and me. He gives us that love to help us to become, in, a, in, in one way, more like His Son Jesus Christ. If God's essence is love, if what comes out of God's mouth is love or motivated by love, how much more so should you and I be motivated by love? Or what comes out of our mouths be oozing, dripping with love? Wouldn't it be great to live among a people whose words that came out said out here, love, I love you, I care for you, I want to encourage you, love. If God is love, what are we supposed to be as we take on the characteristics of a holy God? God is love, we are too. Verse 17 in Psalm 103 says, From everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who fear Him. How can we grasp 
the great, amazing, awesome love of God? We can't. But we can receive it. We can live in it. We can accept it. We can spread it around. And we can praise Him for it. Praise the Lord, O my soul, for the love of God. Would you say that with me? Praise the Lord, O my soul. Finally this morning, we join David in praising God for his patience. Verse 8 says, The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in love. As you are, are, are you as thankful as I am this morning that God is patient? Anybody thankful that God is patient? Second Peter again says, God is patient with you. How many times, God, have I disappointed you? How many times, God, have I failed you? How many times, God, have I slacked off? How many times, God, have I left down my guard? Yet I want to be a faithful follower of yours. How many times have I disappointed you? And yet he comes to me again and again, faithful, patient, loving, forgiving, compassionate. Praise the Lord, O oh my soul. Will you say that with me? Praise the Lord, O oh my soul. Finally, look, at me, look with me at verses 17 and 18. But from everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who fear Him and His righteousness with their children's children and those who keep His covenant and remember to obey His precepts. See, we are God's covenant people. Let's live like it. God said centuries ago, I will be your God. In other words, He put Himself on the line for you and me. And He does it every day. And then He said, you will be my people. In other words, He was asking us to put ourselves on the line for Him out there where we live. God was saying, I will be your God. Oh, that's such a full statement. And He says, you will be my people. But after all, He has all these benefits that we thank Him for. You will be my people, which means we trust Him, we follow Him day by day by day by day. Brothers and sisters, to be God's covenant people means something. This morning, I just wanted to take time to praise my Lord. Recently, I read this story. It's a Paul Harvey story. Don't you miss Paul Harvey? That's Miss Paul Harvey. Radio isn't the same without Paul Harvey. As a matter of fact, it's a lot worse without Paul Harvey. But listen to this story. It was gratitude that prompted an old man to visit an old broken pier on the eastern seacoast of Florida. Every Friday night until his death in 1973, he would return walking slowly and slightly stooped with a large bucket of shrimp. The seagulls would flock to the old man and he would feed them from his bucket. Many years before, in October 1942, Captain Eddie Rickenbacker was on a mission in a B-17 to deliver an important message to General Douglas MacArthur in New Guinea. But there was an unexpected detour that would hurl Captain Eddie into the most harrowing adventure of his life. Somewhere over the South Pacific, the flying fortress became lost beyond the reach of the radio. Fuel ran dangerously low, so the men ditched their plane in the ocean. For nearly a month, Captain Eddie and his companions would fight the water, the weather, and the scorching sun. They spent many sleepless nights recoiling as great sharks rammed their rafts. 
The largest raft was nine by five, the biggest shark ten feet long. But, all of their, but of all of their enemies at sea, one provided most formidable, starvation. Eight days out, their rations were long gone or destroyed by the salt water. It would take a miracle to sustain them, and a miracle occurred. Captain William Cherry read the service that afternoon. Rickenbacker later wrote, and we finished with a prayer for deliverance and a hymn of praise. There was some talk, but it tapered off in the oppressive heat. With my hat pulled down over my eyes to keep out some glare, I dozed off. Something landed on my head. I knew it was a seagull. I don't know how I knew. I just knew. Everyone else knew, too. No one said a word, but peering out from under my hat brim without moving my head, I could see the expression on their faces. They were staring at the gull. The gull meant food, if I could catch it. At the rest, and the rest, as they say, in Paul Harvey's words, is history. Captain Eddy caught the gull. Its flesh was eaten. Its intestines were used for bait to catch fish. The survivors were sustained and their hopes renewed because of one lone seagull, uncharacteristically hundreds of miles from land, offered itself as a sacrifice. You know that Captain Eddy made it, and now you know also that he he never forgot. Because every Friday evening, about sunset, on a lonely stretch along eastern Florida seacoast, you can see an old man walking, white-haired, bushy-eyebrowed, slightly bent, His bucket filled with shrimp was to feed the gulls to remember the one which, on a day long past, gave itself without a struggle. There's a man grateful for seagulls. The Son of God, brothers and sisters, came willingly, sacrificed his life for you and me to bridge that chasm Back to God. And it is, with, it is what you and I as followers of Christ must do to remember daily what Jesus has done and provided for us in the forgiveness of sins. This morning, all I could do this morning was just praise the Lord. Father, you, you are our God. We love you. We embrace you. We praise your name. Praise the Lord, O my soul. Would you say that with me? Praise the Lord, O my soul. You have been good to us, Lord. You have provided us with many benefits. Help us, Lord, to be faithful. Find us faithful in Jesus' name. Would you stand with me? We're going to sing one verse, and then we'll be dismissed. Let's just praise him this morning as we get ready to leave.